This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. One of these days we're just going to be in mid-conversation and be like, oh yeah, the show's on now. I feel like we've probably already done it. I feel like we have done that before, yeah. Just haven't yeah. said anything bad enough. Say thank God for these red lights here, Brent. Or at least my red light. You don't have one. Well, but. that's the pro- one of the things. If I'm not looking yeah. down, I'm like, and I don't have my headphones on. Yeah. Can't really hear it. Yeah. Blake Bortles going to Denver. The boat. Thought I might run into Blake at the golf course today. Oh, yeah. All of a sudden, he's on a plane to Denver. Good for him. Yeah, good for him. That's yeah. a good, you know. It brings up a couple of things. I got thinking of this again yesterday, you know. We've had this discussion before. But did the Jags wait too long or, or not wait long enough on Jan? Yeah. Right? I mean, there's no hurry for some of these guys. Uh, who is it? Devontae Freeman looks like he signed it with the Giants. Why? Because somebody's going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blake Bortles signs with Denver. They need him. I mean, what do they have? Who's the backup? Uh, in Denver? Simeon? No, uh, it used to be. Who's the backup in Denver to Locke? Who came in? Oh, it's uh, no, no, Driscoll. Jeff Driscoll. Yeah, Driscoll came yeah. in in that game. That's right. I, yeah. I keep that. I associate Driscoll to Cincinnati all the time. No, I hear he's you. With Cincinnati. Well, and I was getting so, confused with Matt Barkley as well. Yeah, so, so he's there. And now yeah. Bortles comes in. I mean, yeah, that's a good spot for Blake. It, it probably is better that he waited, right? Yeah. I mean, he might have a chance to play yeah. coming into Denver. Well, it begs the question again, should the Jags have waited on Yannick Ngakwe? Would San Francisco be calling? They would have to. They lost two yeah. defensive linemen. Listen, I mean, we're we're on the same page with this. We didn't think there was really a rush right now. Well, guess what? There is a commodity right now for edge rushers because everyone's going down. So, once again, you got a second rounder for Yannick Ngakwe, maybe a fourth, maybe a third, probably going to be a fourth now or a fifth, right? Because well, it looks it looks like it'll be a fifth round and a to, second round. Yeah. But the second round is inching closer to this side of the second round. True. Remember, we thought they'd be very good, True. and so it looked like it might be pick number fifty six or fifty eight or sixty. Well, heck, it might be pick number. 38. And to be fair, there's a lot of football left to play, so we'll see how that pans out. But, yeah, I think you probably could have got more for him right now if you would have waited a little bit. But once again, I guess it begs the question, did you want the distraction? Did you want want all that stuff going on? I don't think it's that big a deal, but it is what it is. Well, how about if I come at you from this angle, though? Because I thought about this. Everybody seemingly is having fun around here in Jacksonville. They like their football team. Jan was not a problem in the locker room, right? Uh, no. We don't. We don't believe no. so, right? No. We don't believe he fits in that category, whatever category that is. How much of a problem? Well, we can argue, uh, you know, forever. But we don't believe that was the case. Sure, drama was part of something they wanted to stay away from. Uh, Doug Marone made that clear all year long, even in the off season. But don't you wonder a little bit if Jan maybe would have liked this football team? Seeming like ever seems like everybody else does. You know, maybe, what if he did get in here and was forced to play and had to play for a couple of weeks? What if he did? Maybe he liked the football team. Maybe he liked how this thing was coming together. Maybe it felt different. All those things. He never, you know, he wanted out, but he never came back in the building. He never knew what this felt like here. And so it could have been from the Jags point of view, yeah. they could have maybe got more. But maybe from Jan's point of view, he might have changed his mind to how he felt. I don't think he was going to change his mind. I think he already had his heart set on that he was going to be on the on the way out of here. If you turn down $18 million, you don't want to sign that franchise tag because you don't want to be here. That tells me that regardless of what kind of team you may have, what kind of culture may be changed now, you still don't want to be here. I just think he needed a new change of landscape. Um, I think he just needed a, a new coaching staff, a new front office, and that's what he got. Yeah, it is. Uh, we just never know how those things play out. And right now, be, to be honest with you, it wouldn't be bad to have Jan because they're not generating much of a pass rush. Yeah. So I, I would think 
him and Calais seemingly are hurting this team right now on the defensive side of the football, which we kind of knew. I think they would, if you take them away from any defense, they're probably going to hurt. They've put up some tremendous numbers mm-hmm. over the last few years, and for Calais, even more than that. So I think uh, it does beg that question, like uh, from a trade standpoint, and also we might even talk about this again today. <laughs> you know, the Jags have been smarter than us so far. Uh, a few weeks back, we said, are they trying to be the smartest guy in the room in that front office and coaching staff? Well, they've been smarter than everybody else so mm-hmm. far through two weeks, the way this thing looks. Now, mm-hmm. they're not perfect, but they've been a little bit smarter in terms of what this thing looks like than we thought it might look like. But, man, if they were just one more move smarter, right? If they had just kept Calais Campbell around right now, did, how much did would you watch that, that Ravens game? I did. Guess- He's still what playing he well. Four hits. He had yeah. a sack. And Jan, like, by the way, has two quarterback good, hits man. and a strip sack fumble. Yeah. So but, but leave Jan out of it. If they just kept Calais around, Calais would eat this stuff up right now, what's going on in that locker room, it seems like, right? He Absolutely. would enjoy this team. He'd love this team. And he's liking it in Baltimore and good for him. But if maybe they had just kept that, that just Calais Campbell around, uh, maybe that was the move that makes them a little bit better on defense. They're not going to be great on defense with, with one move, but maybe a little bit better on defense. So it's, it's nitpicking because it looked like they were, you know, in many people's eyes, setting this thing up almost for failure. Mm. But if they, now if they just could have one move back, you wonder what move that would be. And I would think Calais would be pretty high on the list. Well, absolutely. I think it's probably the, the overall top spot of the list, even higher than Yannick Ngakwe, because at the end of the day, you know, I don't want to be having this argument. Whoa, do you have to have Yannick Ngakwe out there with Josh Allen on the sidelines? You know, like, I don't want to have that conversation right now, kind of like I'm having with Chase on um, being on the sidelines and not playing that many reps. So I can live with right now Yannick Ngakwe being in Minnesota and whatever you got from you got from. Now, obviously, you should have waited a little longer, but it is what it is. But once again, and I'll keep saying this point until the cows come home, until you have a viable pass rusher at the three technique, you're going to have problems with the, with this, you know, production in terms of sacks and getting after the quarterback. Yeah, that's what we talked about on yesterday's show a little bit, uh, and you said that. That's your main concern right now, Taven Bryan not getting enough done or Chernigan or whoever at that three technique. And really, it's Taven Bryan because he's playing a lot of uh, snaps right now for the Jacksonville Jaguars. It brings us to the defense, right? This offense is fun. We had fun with it yesterday. Heck, it almost felt like they won the game instead of lost the game, and that's just the way it was. I mean, I think we were depicting the feelings of everybody in Jacksonville yesterday. That show yesterday was not, oh, man, a disappointment. It really wasn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I almost left the show yesterday. I was like, man, did we? Did they win or lose? Like, <laughs> were we a little bit too – were we getting too excited about this or, or what? But I, I do think that's the temperature in town. I mean, I talked to some more people today about it. People, they are not like, oh, my gosh, the Jags lost to Tennessee. They're more like, hey, that was pretty fun now. Maybe there's something about this team. It's kind of fun. I like this team. Mm-hmm. That's what people are saying. So uh, that's the way it is. But that does not mean you're perfect, and that does not mean you don't have big issues. And the Jaguars have a big issue. And their big issue is it doesn't look like they can stop a lot of people right now. Uh, Miami's coming in here. We'll see. Ryan Fitzpatrick can be unbelievable at times, and he can also be unbelievably bad at times. Mm -hmm. So we'll see what bearded man we get. But can you fix it, right? Can you fix anything? Can you you get a Band-Aid at all on this defense to at least improve you a little bit? What kind of things can happen? Just say in the next month, next four games, you have four straight games against 0-2 teams with your offense seemingly playing pretty good and 
as all indications are, it's going to continue to play pretty good. What can you do in the next four weeks to give your offense a better chance? Maybe get out in front, not relinquish uh, the first quarter every single game. Are there things they can do? Listen, we're going into week three right now, and every single fan of every single NFL team, there are red flags on every team. Right, I don't care if you're the Ravens, if you're the Chiefs, if you're the Packers, you're the Seahawks. Like if you're a Seattle Seahawks fan, man, Russell Wilson looks good, right? But man, that defense though, can we generate a little more pass rush? That secondary is kind of getting torched a little bit. Should we be worried? Like right now, everyone's worried about something on the, you know on each team. With the Jacksonville Jaguars, obviously, I think it's more of the pass rush and it's more of the secondary. You ask the question, well, how do you fix it? What can you do right now? I would argue instead of depth is not really alive. I mean, it's it's not viable right now, right? Because your depth, I mean, you're you're super young and you have a lot of rookies on that team. Like, it's not like you can bring up a backup safety, a backup three technique, even though you you know you do have Jernigan there. He's he's a vet, but like to me, the depth won't make that difference, right? So then you have to ask yourself, well, do we go out there somebody in free agency? Do we trade for somebody? That's always a possibility. That's always going to be there. But we have to take a look at who's in the market right now. I think, like, Snacks Harrison's on the market, but he's more of, like, a nose t- tackle, if I'm not mistaken. Like, there's probably a guy out there you can try to go after um, if it gets worse enough. But I think right now they're going to roll with Taven Bryan. Um, they're going to roll with Jernigan just because, you know, Doug Marone's been very adamant. He he likes Taven Bryan a lot. I think this team likes Taven Bryan, so they're going to see what he has. The other option is you change the scheme around, right? You start blitzing a lot more. Maybe you start going with more three, four looks. Whatever the case may may be, you change what you have right now because you're stopping the run, and that's fantastic. But what happens when Tannehill comes to town? What happens when you start going against these pass-first teams? We had Josh Allen on the show yesterday. Josh Allen was very adamant. doesn't matter who they're playing. They're going to stop the run first. I love it, and that's great. But when we start getting these pass-happy teams, you have to ask yourself, can you bend and not break? Because for the first two games in terms of the pass and stopping it, you broken. Yeah, I, I really think that's the key. We talked about it a little bit yesterday, and, and I think this is a bend-but-don't-break kind of defense given the talent they have and even the style sometimes, but you can't break, <laughs> and they've broken. Uh, like you said, they've got to force field goals or, or make plays, and they made a couple plays against Indianapolis. Uh, didn't make enough of them defensively, uh, although they made a couple, but not enough of them against uh, Tennessee. I mean, a couple of plays, if that's our bar, if that's the standard, that's not good. I mean, you need you got to give your offense a chance, you know. You certainly have to do that. So, uh, it's uh, first of all, what you just said there, you can't change your scheme. Not changing your scheme at three weeks into the year. It, it, especially a scheme that this is the way it's been. Well, I say you know? scheme or philosophy. Well, you, could, you, could, you could up the blitzes Correct. and take chances. And, and we, again, I think I would, I, first of all, fans love it, right? It's the first thing we say. We scream at the TV. We're like, you can't get to the quarterback. Blitz them. Mm-hmm. Go blitz. Well, for some reason, teams don't do that all the time. Like you do it in Madden, we would do it. We 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 we'd use the blitz up and and flag football if you had one every series. Sure, but teams don't do it. They they are afraid of getting beat deep. They're afraid of the big play. Yet I feel like you force the issue that way. But everybody's it's like if your offense is struggling, what does everybody say? Run the two minute offense. Hurry up! Hurry up! It'll catch him off guard. It works at the end of halves. Do it earlier in the game. If your defense isn't working, what do you do? Blitz them. Just go blitz them. And for some reason, every fan says that. Mm -hmm. Every analyst seems to say that. 
Yet every coaching staff doesn't do it. Either one of them. <laughs> well, I mean, so, so some do a lot. It all depends who you're going against, right? Like, I mean, some coaches live and die by the blitz. Yeah. Some teams don't. You know, like Schwartz in Philadelphia doesn't blitz. You know, I think... Uh, well, this team doesn't want to blitz. Vrabel in Tennessee, they blitz a little bit. Bill Belichick, he'll send some blitzes every once in a while. Like, every every coach's philosophy is different. It depends on what you have, obviously, as your personnel and where you've come from. I'm just saying, is rushing for working right now? I don't think so. So if it's not working, what are, what other things can you do? You have to blitz. So, yeah, if you're not going to get four at home, then I'm going to say absolutely go out there and blitz until I see a different result because I, it's important to get after the quarterback. Yeah, I think it's going to be a fatigued narrative sooner or later, though. I just don't see it. They haven't done it. I mean, Todd Wash has been here for four years, and, and he or more than that. I mean, this defensive scheme has been here, and they don't. The, the principle of the defense is get home with four. We're going to try like heck to get home with four, and then, you know, maybe by week 10, if they can't get home with four and they have four sacks on the year, then they'll start blitzing more. But it doesn't seem like it's something they change right away they don't change their philosophy they're stubborn on their philosophies uh right or wrong it just seems like the way it is and uh i think this team is going to they have some talent in terms of getting home they just haven't been able to do it uh quite yet we'll see what they do and it's a little harder to blitz veteran guys because veteran guys know what to do with the football usually right by you know by rule like fitzpatrick's been around the block the ravens game though Prime example. The Ravens blitz probably more than anybody. Yeah. I mean, they're up there. Steelers and the Ravens, Ravens blitz a lot, right? Ravens had a great day against the Texans. Deshaun Watson, I think, is a veteran. I think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. They made him look pedestrian. So, to me, the problem with blitzing, though, it stems from what do you have on your defensive personnel. Anytime you send that blitz, you leave your secondary vulnerable a little bit, right? And especially when you're doing zone coverages where communication is key. Well, how is the communication right now not blitzing with zone coverages? Eh, it could be better, yeah. right? I don't so know now, if it's the coverage or the communication. Well, whatever it is, man, <laughs> but there's, there, there's something going on there. So with that being said, if you send an extra guy, well, now you're going to be that much more vulnerable. So that that's the case why you don't want to blitz right now if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars because you're too young in the, in the back end of things. I think it's the question right now over the next month, seriously, is what can they do to fix the defense a little bit? It's not going to be this, whoa, look at them now. It's going to be what can they fix a little bit? And that's up to Todd Wash and this personnel and some of these players to be able to do a better job as well at what they're doing. Uh, can they do it? It will, to me, determine whether they win some of these in the next month because you can't just sit there and rely on scoring 30 every game. That, yeah. That's a dangerous thing. To, that's like waiting on the home run ball, man. But pitching and defense still gets it done in baseball. And so you've got to give yourself a chance in that regard. Listen, I, I respect when you stick to your guns, and, and, and I respect when you stay true to who you are and the defense that you run. You know, you saw this defense absolutely shine back in 2017. The reason why the Jaguars got to the AFC Championship in the first place was because of their defense. Let's not lie. Yeah, Bortles was okay. Fournette was good. But come on. It was all about their defense. This year, though, let's be honest. They don't have the defense of 2017. Right, And sometimes when you stick to your guns, that can backfire a little bit. Prime example from last year. You put Miles Jack at middle linebacker. Said he wasn't going to move. Said he was a true middle linebacker, and that's what was going to happen. How did Miles Jack do last year at middle linebacker? Not that good. How is Miles Jack looking right now at a weak side linebacker? He's doing pretty good, man. The guy's all over the field. He's having a field day. So with that being said, I get sometimes it's just who you are, and then there's an ego involved in it, and I understand that. But sometimes you got to take a look at your personnel and try to set them up for success. Setting Miles Jack up for success was moving him to the outside like we said that he should have did last year. I think setting this team up for success right now is trying to create ways to get after the quarterback a little bit. Now, keep in mind, 
Two good offensive lines, only two weeks. Maybe they change things around a little bit. But from what I've seen for the first two weeks, something's got to change. Yeah, I think uh, you hit something, too. There's sometimes there's respect for the other guy, maybe even a little too much. And I think they might be saying, hey, those are two good offensive lines. Let's see what Miami's got now, okay? Let's let's see what these next couple weeks where there's a little bit more of an opportunity for our guys. So let's not panic. Which yeah. that's such a happy medium, right? Fans mm-hmm. want to panic. I want to panic. Go get them. Go get the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Force the issue. Well, maybe these next couple of weeks against some teams that are more vulnerable, maybe it plays out. Jaguars aren't as bad up front as it's looked because the other team might be pretty good mm-hmm. up front. Uh, one other real quick thought on the blitzing part. Mm-hmm. Uh, might be a way to get DJ Hayden going, too. Because sure. the guy's pretty good, and he's struggling. Mm-hmm. And maybe you get him going on a blitz or two, and he's been effective in his career on that. Yeah. So maybe you get him going. You yeah. know, well, because he needs to get going. And he, especially like his style, he's super aggressive, man. Like he has no problem hitting somebody. He's got no problem rushing. He's got no problem, you know, taking a double team and trying to split like a toss sweep, things like that. We saw that against the Titans a little bit. Like this guy can do a lot of things. So get him going. Yeah, do him a favor. Get his confidence up a little bit. Yeah. When we come back, uh, I want to stay on the defense a little bit. Uh, how do you fix this thing? But really, there is so much angst in this town over Todd Wash. And a lot of people, again, Marone, Caldwell, Wash, staff, everything else, want them gone. How much I want to see your opinion now, and we're taking the sample. Is it Todd Wash or is it just a defense that is going to struggle sometimes? Like, if Bill Belichick was coaching them, they'd struggle. If Todd Bowles was coaching them, they'd struggle. If you name it. They might struggle a little bit because they're not the most talented team on the defensive side just yet, or they're super young. Where is that happy meeting? Where is it? Is it Wash? Because Wash is like, he's like, there's always somebody, right? Yeah. <laughs> David Bryan's in that group. Yeah. Luke Jokel's been in that group before. Blake Burrell's been, been, been in that group before. Well, Todd Wash is like maybe number one on the list mm-hmm. here in town. But how much is it? what he's doing or not doing or how much is it would everybody be struggling with this defense on this side of the ball so talk a little bit about that cam newton what a resurgence a little more big picture nfl uh as well and the miami dolphins will take a peek ahead although we'll spend a lot of time wednesday thursday on the dolphins it's all coming up action sports chats on espn 690 brent martineau some uh, nba play-by-play here this week as well right here on espn 690. Austin Lane. Hey, hey, you're right? <laughs> yeah, I know. You look over like, are you going to make it? Yeah, man. I'm making sure we're all good here. Hey, listen, hey. I, I get choked up about the new lineup. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Two out of seven possessions should have resulted in some points. And so in a game like this, man, those are valuable. you got to have it. You just have to have it. So um, are we totally in sync right now? No, we're not. We're not even close to what we are capable of. Not even close. We did some good things tonight early on, but it just uh, just wasn't enough for the, the few opportunities we had. We needed to take better advantage of that. That is. You don't know who that is? You got me, man. Is that hey, Sean Payton? I mean, come on. Context clues. Close. Sean Payton. I wasn't really paying attention. All right. That's You're kind of close to Sean Payton. Oh, That's Drew Brees. Yeah. Did you know Drew Brees right away? Yeah. Oh, excuse me. I, I didn't know we had a, a Drew Brees obsession on his voice there. I think he's pretty standard. He sounded like a coach right there, did he not? Yeah, I mean, he kind of does, but he's, like, older than coaches, so. it's a good point. <laughs> he's, yeah, and it, guess what? He looked older as a coach uh, yes, last night. Well, that's what I just said. I mean, yeah. a real quick thought before we get back to the Jags. I mean, uh, is he too old? I mean, these old quarterbacks, Phillip Rivers, uh, you know, he bounced back a little bit. Um, you know, Tom Brady uh, had a good day. 
Drew Brees has not had a good couple of games. Now, he didn't have Michael Thomas. It's two games. I don't know if he hit the panic button or not. Uh, but there are quarterbacks that are not having good games, and they're not old. Kirk Cousins is, is one of them. Mm-hmm. So we're not asking, is Kirk Cousins old? Yeah. Uh, but Drew Brees, uh, at his age, it's a fair question, you know? I mean, 41 years old, we, yeah. I feel like we're going to ask this every week, right? Uh, are we going to say, all right, old or not this week? Tom Brady looked old last week. Drew Brees looked old, old last week, even in a win. Yeah. Philip Rivers looked old last week here in Jacksonville. Uh, this week, Philip uh, looks okay. It'll get a little spunky today, this week. <laughs> Meanwhile, Aaron Rodgers dumps Danica Patrick, and now look what he's doing. Right. See what happens when you when you when you cut the when you cut the girl loose, man? And I, it's all about football. I mean, Tiger Crazy. Woods would have twenty majors if he didn't you're get married. You're not lying, man. I mean, that's who you're talking you're to. You're not right lying. Here. But I guess would you consider Aaron Rodgers old? Thirty six. Is he yeah. 36? He's 36. See, he doesn't feel, I guess it's because those guys are in their 40s. Now, Philip Rivers feels old. Sure. Older. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers feels like five years younger to me than Philip Rivers. And maybe it's because he missed the first part of his career, just sat on the bench behind Brett Favre. Sure. But Aaron Rodgers, I don't, in my mind, put him in the old guy category. Okay. Like, And I didn't think his game was fading. Mm-hmm. They went 13-3 and three last year. Now, he's on fire right now, mm-hmm. but they... I think we talked about this when we talked about the NFL. They uh, got no respect. They went 13-3 and with Aaron Rodgers coming back. Yeah. And people are like, oh, yeah, they're not going to be. Like they were talking about him like they were going to be 500 at best. Mm-hmm. He's putting on a show. So, yeah, I don't feel like I put Aaron Rodgers in old guy okay. territory at all. Yeah. Well, it's crazy because, like, yeah, Philip Rivers, I think Philip Rivers is 38. I think Big Ben is 37, 38. Like, Big yes, Ben see, seems ben old to me because the injuries. five years older than Aaron Rodgers. Absolutely. Rogers. He also looks five years older, yeah, too, as well. And I'm not well. just talking this year. I, you yeah. would have asked me that last year. I would yeah. have said the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess Aaron Rodgers kind of in the, the own class by himself. But let's be honest. I mean, I don't care if you're a quarterback. I don't care if you're just an everyday guy. Like, 41 years old and Drew Brees, that's old regardless of how you look at it. Now, playing the game of football, the, the physicality that it demands, you know, obviously the mental taxation that it demands. I mean, 41's a lot for anybody. So, yeah, I think Drew Brees may have lost a step a little bit. Now, losing Michael Thomas... You know, that's a big deal, though, as well. Yeah, listen, I don't know if it's slow start. I don't know if it's Michael Thomas. I don't know if maybe the Raiders are pretty decent, too. And nobody wants to give credit to the other team ever, mm-hmm. right? I mean, the Raiders played pretty well. You know, mm-hmm. they, they didn't in the first, like, 20 minutes, but after that, played pretty well. They had the ball for a long time. They put a lot of pressure on the Saints to score every time they got the ball because they were running up and down the field. And time of possession was heavily in the favor of the Raiders' side, you know, the second half of that game. So... I don't, I'm not ready to close the book on, on Drew Brees. I mean, the bottom line is, folks, if Tom Brady and Drew Brees look older, they're older still is better than most quarterbacks in the game. Sure. You know, and we but, went through this with Peyton Manning. It fell off fast, but that was because of the injury. I always say this about guys, uh, quarterbacks. If they still have the fastball, Aaron Rodgers still has a fastball. Some people say Brady has lost a couple miles off his. I don't see it. I think that guy still slings it. Cam Newton, who we'll talk about a little bit later, he looks like he went from 90 miles an hour last year to 110 this year. Did you see him throwing the ball the other oh, yeah. night? Yeah, I mean, Edelman had a big game. Fast. And now he's not old, but he, he kind of felt like he was getting old quick. Yeah. And Drew Brees has never had the arm talent those guys have. I mean, he just doesn't. That's not how he plays the game. What was interesting about him is they look out of sync, like he said, and that's unusual for a Peyton Drew Brees offense to look out of sync because they've been playing so long. And he hit some, he missed some wide open guys too. Well, and that's the point. Uh, I don't right? know about wide open. He missed some. He missed badly yeah. at times. Well, and that's kind of the point, right? You talked about it where. 
these are veterans. These are guys who have seen every single defensive scheme, who have ever seen every single blitz known to man, right? So, like, one would think that Drew Brees has been in the system for so long with Sean Payton. Like, you can't surprise him, right? Especially in this time with, you know, the COVID-19 and everything where training camp was reduced, um, you know, and the OTAs were reduced and everything like that. Like, to me, this would benefit the veteran quarterbacks. Now, Tom Brady may be a little different just because he's going to a new system, but even then, like, you could get you the sense that Bruce Arians is working with Tom Brady, right? Like, this is Tom Brady's offense. They want to run what Tom Brady wants to run. And obviously with Drew Brees, like I said, he's been in that system forever. Kirk Cousins the same. So to me, it's a little baffling that you have these guys who are so vested in these offensive schemes, who know it in and out, and who know every single defense you can throw at them, and for whatever reason, they're having problems right now. Yeah, you know, I, I can't stand the getting acclimated stuff, because I'm watching Gardner Minshew in year two mm-hmm. run an offense about as efficiently as you can run an offense in two weeks with Jay Gruden. So Bruce Arians and 45-year-old Tom Brady mm-hmm. should be able to do something similar. I Absolutely. mean, again, that is such that is such an excuse when things go wrong for everybody. I think what guys like Minshew, guys, other guys that have done this and played well, maybe even Brady last week, maybe even Cam Newton, it's like they're telling you that this isn't as hard as everybody makes it out to be. Sure, continuity is king. Mm-hmm. That helps. I understand it. But I think it's become too much of a narrative around the sport that if you have a different offensive coordinator in a different year, then it's like, oh, my, you got to give him a half a year to get ready. I mean, yeah, yeah. They're, they're debunking that a little bit. I mean, Cam Newton's offenses looked good. Gardner yeah, Mitchell and his is... offenses looked good. Joe Burrow, a rookie, he's had some nice moments last week. I mean, come sure. on. But is Cam Newton's offense really that dynamic? I mean, come on now. Like, all right, it's what is it, third and one on the goal line? Go and run the ball. <laughs> yeah. What is it, third and two on the Fair goal enough, line? But... Go and run the ball. Like, I don't think, and listen, and it's the same story that we'll talk about it later, but the same story with him in Carolina. Like, Cam, and it's not, it's not a knock on Cam Newton, but dude, when you're built like a linebacker, we we got to use your wheels a little bit. It's just it is what it is. So I think more with Cam Newton, it's more like those one look, two two look reads or whatever like that. So his offense is pretty simplistic, but obviously he's having success with it. But to prove your point, Gardner Minshew, once again, new offensive coordinator, didn't have a lot of time to prepare for it, and so far it looks like he's eating it all up, man. So I agree with you. I think we put a little too much precedent on what we say of how long it takes to learn a new defense or an offense and things like that. Yeah, I, I, that's the thing, right? I just think we get carried away with the narrative. I understand it. I understand there could be adjustments. Some people mesh together differently. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, come on. Uh, it's it's not brain surgery. I mean, playing football, you're dropping back and you're throwing and you're making reads. Yeah. <laughs> and every guy says it. Everybody asks, well, it's not that different. It's just different terminology. Okay, I understand. The play call is like takes 25 seconds to say it's it's not easy yeah you know either is ap human ask my kids i mean they're struggling with the definitions too yeah so you got to learn it i get it yep but you're at the end of the day you're playing football and so i just think it's a you know me i i think i think football coaches sometimes believe and football people sometimes believe running an offense is like solving world peace <laughs> you know i mean it's like holy cow I mean, we're really guys who are playing football I hear you, they, man. they make it so much more complicated than I don't it needs know, to man. Be. At the same time, I'm ready to give Bill Belichick like a Nobel Peace Prize for what he's accomplished on the football field, man. All those Super Bowls and everything. Yeah, a guy know, should be celebrated. Listen, hey, just like any other walk of life, some people are better than others at it. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And he's got a Subway commercial now too. Let's go. Yeah. You see a Subway commercial? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of an old commercial. Oh, sorry. And, and I don't. I don't watch commercials that much. Good timing of the play, DVR. Come good on, timing. Now. Yeah, of to put it in 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 the Sunday night game. Uh, hey, Todd, watch the problem. Mm-hmm. Or is it the defense? Is it the players? 
Uh, is it the X's and O's? Is it the Jimmy's and Joe's? Mm. When it comes to the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I'm talking this year now, people, uh, because you're not going to give Todd Wash credit for 17. I know you're not. And so you're, you're going you're gonna to hate on Todd Wash for 18 and 19. I know it's coming. But I'm talking about right now. Is he your neighbor? He's Todd not, Walsh? but I, I just think you see, that, him, you see him on the weekends, don't you? I, nah, I like Todd. I, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. Mean, no, I like him too. I, I've not, been I'm very adamant def- about it. I don't know sometimes which is which. I'm a big believer that players make plays in the in the league. Sure. All right, I, I'm not sure there are better coaches than others. I believe it's up to the players to make plays most of the time. Um, there are certainly coaches that put you in tough situations, per, coaches that make bad moves, coaches that just aren't great at being head coaches. I mean, that happens, or maybe that aren't be, good at being defensive coordinators. I just think it's such an easy out all the time, and it's another narrative around here that I've grown a little fatigued about. Mm. I mean, if he's that bad, I mean, shame on the Jags for not getting rid of him. I mean, shame on them. I mean, they should be seeing that. Doug Marone should see that. Uh uh, Shot Khan should see that. Dave Caldwell should see that. Shame on those guys. All right. But that's not really the the nature of my question is sh- not should Todd Wash still have a job based on the last four years, blah, 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 blah. It's in these two games, do you see a problem with the calls, the scheme, the everything else? Is that the main issue that they need to say, hey, get away from that philosophy, go blitz? Or is it more you're going to take some lumps with this defense? Is it fair to ask that side of the question that you're going to take some lumps with a defense that is new, young, and quite frankly not as talented as we've seen around here? Sure, you're going to take some lumps, absolutely. Who do you think was responsible for letting Clarence Campbell go? Like, who, like who had the input to say, you know what? Clayus Campbell, he's worn us welcome here. You know, we're paying him this much money. It's too much. Let's go ahead and trade him away. Who do you think had the input on that? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I don't think it was Todd Wash. I think if Todd Wash had his way, and I don't know this. I just, sure. I, I don't think, my belief is I don't think Todd Wash said, yeah, we're good to go without Calais and Jan. I think he was like, I'd like both those guys, please. Okay. I think this was an upper management brass sure, front sure. office decision. Well, maybe. But at the same time, they've also talked about how much they love Dave and Brian over and over again. Right? True. So one would say that even when they let Clayus Campbell go, they were comfortable with what they had. Now, let's keep in mind what we're talking about here. You go after Gunter. He's out because of the heart condition. You go after Al Woods. He's out because um, – was it just he opted out? Al Woods opted out. He opted out. Okay. So he got bad luck a little bit. So you got a little bit of bad luck, right? And every team gets bad luck. I understand that. I guess it comes down to – and really it comes down to the three technique once again, Brent. And uh, this is kind of the, the thesis of today's show a little bit. Well, you're putting a lot on Dave and Brian. I'm not putting a lot on Dave and Brian. I'm putting a lot on the three technique. I don't care who's playing it. I don't care well, if Well, right now Dave and Brian's playing it. Okay, but so is um other dude. Uh, Jernigan. Jimmy Jernigan. Yeah. Okay, but I not mean, a lot. He's playing like 20% of the okay. snaps. I'm putting – an emphasis on the interior pass rushing. Call it a nose technique. Call it Avery Jones if you want. Call it whoever's playing that position. I'm just putting an emphasis on the interior pressure because I don't see it. I think that if you had input of letting Clayus Campbell go, then yeah, obviously some responsibility falls on you. I think that if I'm Todd Wash, I think if I'm running that defense and I see Clayus Campbell on the chopping block, I am pounding my fists on the table and I'm saying, we need this guy. Okay, I don't care how much we're paying him. I'll set up a GoFundMe account if I have to. We're not losing Clayus Campbell. Because you know why? He still has a lot left to offer, not only on the field, but off the field as well in terms of leadership. So I would have fought tooth and nail to keep Clayus Campbell. Yannick Ngakwe, yeah, probably the same thing. But once again, I can point to Josh Allen. I can point to Chase on and say, we're all good. Yannick, good luck to you, man. We should have got more for you, but we're all good. From the scheme perspective, 
Yeah, I mean, it's the same, it's the same scheme every single time. You have to ask yourself the question, though. Do you have the personnel right now to run this scheme? Well, you have a very young secondary. Not saying that's Todd Wash's fault. Maybe that's more on the GM. But my point is, how confident are you with this defense winning you games right now? Not yeah. too much. No. So once like I ag- don't want them on the field last. Correct. So once again, you might have to manufacture things to, that are different, that are outside the realm of what you're comfortable doing, just to try to sustain, to sustain some kind of turnover or capacity or something like that. It's a delicate balance, right? Because I think you want to, you got to force the issue a little bit. I'm okay with that. Um, I like the idea of that. But you also got to be a little careful to outsmart yourself, right? And and you kind of do what you do and be good at what you do and know what you do, especially with a young team, right? Right? Is it easier to keep things simplistic and know? what you do or start changing things up and confusing your young guys potentially but i don't know if that would happen i'm just saying potentially you know it's a little bit like don't outsmart yourself here as well kind of like they did on special teams the other day with a power kick squib kick yeah just kick the damn ball off yeah so you gotta be a little careful of that get too cute I understand, man. But the bottom line is you think if they fix the three technique, this defense will look a lot better. If David Ryan right. plays a little better or Jernigan, they'll get a little push on the inside. They'll play better. Listen, take, take this because we can keep on getting wrapped up. It's David Bryant. Interior pressure. Get interior pressure. I don't care if you blitz a linebacker. I don't care if you run games at the nose tackle and the three technique. Interior pressure. We do that. Now we're talking. All right. I mean, either that you're calling out Avery Jones just because he still hasn't given you 50 bucks. Oh, it's, it's more than that now. Interest has taken, yeah. interest has compounded. Avery, talking to you. Uh, mustache or beard? I wonder which way you're going to go, Austin Lane. Oh, oh see, I, I've had both. We have I've had both with the Dolphins and the Jags. <laughs> what did uh, Gardner Minshew just say about the beard or mustache? It's next on ESPN 690. The mustache versus the beard. Uh, I mean, I, I think the beard is a cooler look, and I think guys that grow mustaches a lot of times have patchy sides for their beards, so they just stick with the mustache. But um, my wife appreciates the mustache trimmed up a little bit more, but she does hate the beard too, so I guess that's a lose-lose for me. I mean, a Harvard grad, beard and mustache talk, this guy can do it all. You gotta appreciate Ryan Fitzpatrick. I do. I celebrate. You know why him, really. I appreciate him? What's up? Because he looks nothing like a Harvard grad, right? <laughs> That's a compliment. I mean, it That's is. That's a compliment. Now, hey, listen. If you're a Harvard grad, God bless you. I mean, probably yeah. tip my cap to you. I couldn't do it. I I right. I don't know if I envy. I probably envy your bank account. Yeah. I didn't envy your student loans. Uh, but whatever it is, I mean, congrats. It's an unbelievable thing. Uh, but rocking those, you I know, just, like the cardigan with the polo shirt underneath it. And I yeah. just don't look. It's nah. like, remember we had Max Kellerman on and I said, hey, like sportscasters, some of these guys are like really smart. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, like uh, we had Greenberg on. He went to Northwestern. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kellerman went to Columbia. Yeah. So like, get out of here. Really? Mm-hmm. Not me. I went nah. to Ashland. I love Whoa. you, Ashland, but it ain't, ain't those schools. What's up, Murray State? <laughs> public Ivy League, baby. The public Ivy League of the Midwest. Look it up. So what they call it. Like, it's okay. Like, I'm okay with that. That's fine. I, I don't, uh, I, I won't, I don't take any offense to not being like 1600 SAT guy. Yeah. That's fine. But I just think Fitzpatrick is one of the cooler Harvard guys 
Well, around. He's got to be cooler looking Harvard There's guy. something to be said for a guy that I'm sure you got a perfect ACT or SAT score, let's be honest here. The guy's a genius. But there's something to be said about a guy who doesn't flex his intelligence, right? Like, if True. you watch him on the field, like, he's always celebrating. Yeah. He's, he's, like, it's like, dude, you're... You're, you can do anything you want to, but like you're having fun with you know people that are a lot less smart than you are, obviously <laughs> playing football, and you're having a blast with it. Like that's why I respect Ryan Fitzpatrick yeah. because he can flex every single day about how intelligent he is, and he doesn't. In a weird way, he's kind of like Brady, right? Brady and this has to come down to earth for everybody in his locker room. Yeah, because yeah. he's like, oh, Tom Brady. Yeah, right. Everybody's <laughs> like, oh my gosh, yeah. it's Tom Brady. Yeah, like, he, even teammates. Fournette's <laughs> like on Twitter, Instagram, photoshopping <laughs> everything. Yeah, that's Relax. true. Those are true stories though like people sure. are in awe of tom brady well so yeah. he has to kind of be like hey dude i'm just another guy in the locker room yeah. like, i've heard stories well, where he really tries to do that's that. how i felt about uh reggie bush in detroit man just because he dated kim kardashian like i was in awe of reggie bush because dude you're like a celebrity <laughs> like you you date everybody you're awesome <laughs> well for ryan fitzpatrick it's kind of like that it's like hey i know i'm smarter than all of you but i'm gonna try <laughs> <laughs> exactly but that's the thing i don't think he's even trying i think that's just who he is man. yeah which is cool you know yeah i, I think cool. that's pretty good you know i mean you always that's like the worst part, right? When you know something, mm-hmm. and you, we all do it, mm-hmm. right? And this always drives me nuts when I like call the bank or, or somebody else on the phone, and they're like, they basically are saying, what do you mean you don't know how to do this, you moron? Yeah, yeah. Because they know how to do it. Yeah. Well, we all do it yeah. in our own little way of whatever we do. We like, we know it because that's what we do every day, and you don't know it. What do you mean you don't know it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Ryan Fitzpatrick probably goes through that like every day. But like he just, he has like, he's probably the first Ivy League guy I've seen actually want to like, I want to have a beer with. You know, like, I, I told a story before in Kansas City Chiefs when I first got there, I shared a, a dorm room with a guy by the name of Josh Martin out of Columbia. All right, he's a linebacker. And Columbia by maybe way of football, but also by way of his test scores because yeah. the guy is an absolute genius. And I remember, like, the very first day after practice, you know, we're chilling, getting ready to go to bed, and, like, just hearing him speak on world events and things like that, and I'm just, like, I'm just watching, like, Aqua Teen Hunger Force on Cartoon Network right now, dude. Like, I... I, I I can't have these conversations with you. You got to go ask Alex Smith or somebody because I can't have these conversations. But like it, it showed me like, listen, he's on a different wavelength than I am in terms of just the things that he thinks about, obviously, and the education background. No offense to Murray State, obviously. But without, with that being said, though, like with Brian Fitzpatrick, it seems like he's a fun guy to hang out with. And you want to grab a beer there with him. There are two things when I think about the Ivy League schools. I think about Ryan Fitzpatrick and Goodwill Hunting. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Exactly. <laughs> and then the, the, the one scene in the bar where Affleck comes out and has his moment in the sun. Absolutely. You better believe it. Uh, so who's doing it better, man? That whole question was Fitzpatrick asked about the mustache. And he, I, he didn't really take a shot at Minchu. just yeah. said, eh, well, you got a little patchy there. Probably that's why you got to go with the mustache. Well, then r- r- just in the last half hour... Minshew was talking, meeting mm-hmm. with the media during our show, uh, and said, hey, you got to respect your elders. You're way, way elders. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Something yeah. to that effect, sure, right? Sure, sure. So a nice little shot at like uh, Fitzpatrick in a fun way. I like that. You're a bearded guy. I've been a mustache guy, too. You have been a mustache guy. I have. Yeah. Why no mustache? And uh, Way too much upkeep. Is it? Yeah. Well, for me, because like I have to shave like every other day then, and I just come on, man. That's not my style. I got you. But um, if you're asking me like, what do I prefer, or like, what, what do I? I guess yeah. I, what do I prefer here? Let's be honest. And I don't want to offend anybody because let's be honest, Gardner Minshew right now is helping the show pay the bills. So I'm obviously I'm a huge Gardner Minshew guy, but I will say this: I think the mustache it's more of a trend thing. All right, it's in. All right, everyone's talking about it. Things like that. The beard. It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle, okay? yeah. It, it is a lifestyle. Is. You, you have to change who you are as a person. You have to 
let, let your family know what's about to happen, right? Like, I had to have a talk with my wife. Like, hey, babe, beard's coming, okay? Ronan, love you, buddy. Beard's coming, okay? I might be different now, all right? This is a lifestyle choice. <laughs> I'm going to spend a lot more time in the shower combing through it. I got to spend <laughs> a lot more time shaping it and everything like that. Beard softener. Exa- beard softener you at Target. spend a lot of time with Dilla Sh- in Target. Dilla. Exactly. So it's just, it, it is a lifestyle, okay? And it's not something I'm trying to show off about. It's just who I am. The mustache, though, it's a trendy thing. You know, it's interesting. If we're being honest, this is going to be bad. Careful. Like, I'm not even sure Minshew loves the mustache. Well, Minshew has... Oh, no, no, listen. The Minshew mustache has become a lifestyle for him. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So he can't do anything about it. Like, yeah. that's the story. Like, why do you have the mustache? He, someone asked him in his family, and and it was like, I can't do anything about it. It's like a thing. He's, like, I can't he's cut it. He's committed. He is. Yeah, like, he's... He, yeah. Like, what would Minshew be without the mustache? You better kiss that Bud Light endorsement goodbye. <laughs> See ya. I mean, but I think he realizes that. Yeah. And and I, he's like, I don't know if he loves it. Yeah, yeah. It's just a lifestyle thing. Yeah, yeah. Now, I will say this. Most of the time, to your point about trendy or not, beards look cooler. Thanks, man. Like, I really, they that, do. Brent. Like, it means, if it means you a got lot. a good, like, you can appreciate a beard. There's your mustache. Yeah, we think. Now, I had to keep the chin thing down there because my chin is so jacked up. I had to get 16 staples in my chin one day, but. Oh, she's okay. All right. Well, she's not feeling it. <laughs> Olivia's like, Olivia's it's a no. Said no. Uh, Olivia's sitting here doing some work. She's like, no, it's going to be a no for me. Okay. Yeah. Good thing for the beard. Yeah. But by, by the way, though, and I, I don't want to say I was sucking up for anything, but that's right when we signed Shad Khan. Hey, Shad Khan walked by me. Not even mine. Hey, check this out. Shad Khan walks by me. Looking good, Austin. Hey, I walked a little taller that day, bro. Let's just say that, man. I'm like, you're dang right. I'm looking good. I'm feeling good, too. Did you say I had the keys to the kiss? I was going to say I can only lie a little bit now. So are, are we friends now? We're, 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 you know, we're mustache brothers. Let's go. Hey, we got a reunion coming up next on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690.